The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 300 of the podcast. We made it, folks. I know there are a lot of doubters out there. People didn't think we would make it past, you know, 290 or so, but here we are, 300 episodes. I wish I had, like, something fun and exciting planned, but um, that's just not my style. I'm not... I'm not a fun and exciting guy. I'm just all about kind of routine. So we're just going to do a regular show. Um, Really looking forward to the holidays. I don't know about you guys. Mostly because I'm running out of ideas for where to hide this fucking elf. Um, it, it, It can be a little fun at first, but then after a while it's like we're... Where do I put this thing? The house is only so big, you know. You know, I, I can't, I can't like repeat hiding spots because my daughter's too savvy for that. She would catch on. I almost feel like, I almost feel like she knows too, because she, she kind of like plays it up a little bit too much. You know, where she's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe the elf." is here and she'll go on and on about it and um i i kind of feel like she's fucking with me like like she knows that i do it and wants to continue to torment me but um such is parenthood um today is what is today december 18th all right so we're closing in I thought we were a little bit closer in this, but um, busy time of year for me. Uh, I'm getting ready for another trade show in Atlanta, basically the week after New Year's. So it's going to be a hectic week for me work-wise, getting ready for that uh, so we can relax a little bit during Christmas. And then it's going to be boots on the ground, back out to Atlanta. If anybody has some advice on things I need to do or see while I'm in Atlanta, especially things that are good uh, for a four-year-old. I'm all ears. Uh, Mind you, I've done the zoo. It might be a little cold for that anyway. And I've done the aquarium. But any other suggestions are more than welcome. All right. So we're one day removed from UFC Vegas 66, UFC Fight Night 216, Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland. Before we get into any of that, I was hoping to be joined by Jeff DeAnima Wilson because he texted me yesterday and he said that he wanted to do our Festivus episode. As you know, Jeff is a big Seinfeld fan, uh, but I don't know where he is. I've been texting him for hours. Um, I, I asked him if, if 10 p.m. Eastern was good and uh, didn't hear back from him. He's probably out gallivanting. Uh, last weekend, he was out late and... Can't really fault him for that because it was his birthday. So if you want to wish Jeff a happy birthday, 
uh, do so in the comments because he's still pretty much off of social media and there's no way to get a hold of him. I, I can attest that I can't even get a hold of him for you because um, he just he just goes dark sometimes and uh, doesn't answer text messages or or pick up the phone. I don't know. It, it's part of his charm. In any case, Jeff, I love you anyway, buddy. Happy birthday. I hope it was great. Um, I was hoping to do the Festivus episode with you today, but you know, I'll have to do it another time. I, I did send Jeff the link in case he happens to uh, you know, get the 45 text messages I left him and, and decide to jump on the show. Uh, so we may see him later. We may not. You know, he might pop up like the elf on a shelf. Um, Mark congratulating us on the 300 episode. Thank you, sir. Um, I will take your congratulations, even though uh, I didn't do much except uh, turn a camera on 300 times and drink whiskey and talk about fighting. Speaking of which, uh, I, I wouldn't say I made a promise to you guys, but I mentioned last week that I wanted to try the number one whiskey, according to Whiskey Advocate of 2022, live on the air. So I went and picked up a bottle. This is Jack Daniels Bonded. Okay. I'm going to hold it up for the camera here. Okay, so this is a Tennessee whiskey that's bottled in bond. And what that means is it's an actual law, a federal law. In order to be called a bonded whiskey or a bottled in bond whiskey, it has to be distilled by one distillery in one facility during one distilling season. Okay, so it can't be blended with anything else. It's got to be a new American oak charred barrels. Okay. So it can't have had, can't have aged anything else in the barrels before you used it for this whiskey. It has to be aged a minimum of four years and it has to be bottled at exactly a hundred proof on top of all those other hurdles and hoops. You got to jump through. It's got to be supervised by a government official. So that's right, folks, your tax dollars are paying for this Whiskey, somebody's sitting and watching it, some government employee for at least four years, just watching these barrels, <laughs> watching the booze soak into them. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, as a tax paying citizen, it, you know, it's almost my duty to drink this whiskey. In any case, if you didn't catch the end of the show last week, or if you didn't catch the show at all last week, I went over Whiskey Advocates' um, top 20 whiskeys of the year. And I kind of went through the list and gave you my do's and don'ts if you're doing any Christmas shopping for a whiskey drinker in your life. And um, my initial thought when I saw Jack Daniels as the number one whiskey is, like, this shit is rigged. But... I, I'm going to give you my honest opinion on it. I did not like the number one whiskey last year. Um, you know, five, six, and seven has kind of been the sweet spot for me so far. Um, last year, it was a scotch that was number one. It was the Lagavulin 11-year. It was the Nick Offerman. Uh, I, some gimmicky Nick Offerman whiskey. It was aged in, like, Guinness barrels or something. Um 
so this year's Jack Daniels. And look, this is a brand that everybody knows. Okay. So if you're going to gift somebody a bottle of Jack Daniels, like nobody's really going to be disappointed with it. It's a hundred proof. Now, I just want to clarify that this is a Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Most bottle and bond whiskeys are bourbons. The only difference between bourbon and Tennessee whiskey is that Tennessee whiskey has an extra filtration process where it's filtered through charcoal. Okay, so a lot of people think it takes some of the harshness out and the charcoal kind of mellows the whiskey out and gives it a smoother taste, if you will. Um, I mean, smooth is a term that I hate with whiskey personally um because it's relative it's it's subjective you know a uh, 120 proof whiskey could could be smooth to me uh and it could burn most of your throats off okay um some people just like the flavor that the charcoal uh brings to the whiskey too so uh anyway my pal dave shively Said he nabbed himself a midwinter night dram, which is a uh, high west whiskey that's uh, pretty hard to come by. So, congratulations on that, my friend. Let me know how that is. Um, comes out once a year, very rare find. Um, so, here we go. Uh, Jack Daniels bonded, according to Whiskey Advocate, the number one whiskey of the year. It's got like quite a bit of alcohol burn on the nose. And um, you, you definitely get like a big gust of oak, like right off the bat. You can see it's got a really nice caramel color to it. Okay. It's kind of got that kind of typical Jack Daniels watery consistency to it. Not not as like viscous as uh, as a lot of the bourbons I typically drink. Cheers. Okay. So it's it's got a it's got a kick to it. Um it, it it's not like the smooth flavor you're used to from Jack Daniels where you know you mix it with a little bit of coke and you don't even know it's in there. Uh this one definitely had it, it packs a little bit of a punch with that hundred proof. Um but Still pretty smooth. It's got that Jack Daniels, um, that Jack Daniels kind of like banana aftertaste to it. There's like kind of a, an earthiness, like a muddiness to it. It's not bad. Like I, I'm I'm not hating it, but um, in my opinion, there's no way this could have been the number one whiskey in, in 2022. It's just, I mean, look, it's Jack Daniels. You kind of know what you're getting. They do have some excellent products. Their single barrels are awesome. Uh, both the single barrel uh, whiskey and the single barrel rye. Um, yeah, for 30 bucks, I'd say go ahead and pull the trigger on this one. 
because worst case scenario, you know, you put it out as a mixer at your holiday party. Um, and if you're going to get it as like a last minute gift for somebody, a whiskey drinker in your life, like, Hey, um, you know, I heard about this on the MMA on the rocks podcast and it was the number one whiskey, according to whiskey advocate. Um, you, you know, people appreciate that kind of stuff. Like even if the whiskey's not great, if you're just showing you put that extra step, that extra effort into, um, you know, trying to find something that they would like, um, you're, you're not breaking the bank, you know, maybe for your boss or something, this would make a nice gift. Um, and, and it's pretty easy to find. I, I got this one at Publix. So, you know, it, it's not like you're going to have to go on a wild goose chase for it. Um, pretty unusual because, you know, the, the top, the, the whiskey advocate list has been out for like a week now. And, um, you know, usually those top four or five can be pretty hard to come by, but, um, Publix was fully stocked at this one. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a good whiskey. Is it the best whiskey I've tried this year? Not even close. Um, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to think on that one and, and I'll come up with an answer for you, uh, during our award show, but you know, anyway, it's not, it's not bad. I'm going to add like just a little touch of water to open it up, let it breathe a little bit, uh, while we're going on here, but, uh, and I know some of you have just fast forwarded right past all this because you're not interested in the whiskey talking. That's fine. It's not for everybody. Some of you are just here for the scraps. I won't hold it against you. Um, I'm glad you're tuning in at all. So let me just pull up the fights here. I always forget which screen I like. This one. Maybe this. This. Yeah, let's go with this. Let's make the fight thing a little smaller. All right. So UFC fight night 216. <clears throat> Jared Kennedy or Sean Strickland. <clears throat> These guys were ranked like four and five or three and four. I don't know. Um, it, it started out weird because Sean Strickland usually has this energy of like the the crazy, angry guy. And he had like an awkward, nervous energy about him. And he was even saying that Jared Cannonier is like a scary dude. So I don't know if that was just his way of like coping with his nerves uh, coming off of the knockout loss to Alex Perea. Um, But it was definitely, it was definitely noticeable. And if it was noticeable to me, that means it was noticeable to the judges. Okay. So they're already kind of, seeing that he has this tentative energy. I thought Sean Strickland did a nice job in this fight. I thought it was a fun fight. Um, you know, it was basically Cannoneer stalking, trying to close the distance, landing a big shot here and there, and Sean Strickland doing what he does and staying right in the pocket, sticking that jab. Um, you know... Over the course of the fight, Sean Strickland probably landed a lot more strikes. Uh, you could argue Jared Cannonier did more damage. Uh, Cannonier coming away with the split decision 
And the, the scorecards were interesting because both scorecards for um, Cannoneer had it uh, four rounds to one. And the other judge who gave it to Strickland had it four rounds to one for Strickland. Now, look, I would hate to have to score this fight. Um, watching from the comfort of my own home, uh, I scored rounds one, four, and five for Strickland, and I scored two and three for Cannoneer. But I thought outside of rounds one and three, you could pretty much flip a coin uh, for who won any given round. Um, it was that close, you know, and a lot of people will say, oh, the strike counts, but the judges don't get the strike counts. And the judges are sitting cage side. They're not watching on TV. And I don't know if you guys realize it's hard to see when you're sitting right up against the cage. I know because I've done it. You know, if the fight's taking place on the other side and you see Jared Karanier throwing these big strikes and, you know, Sean Strickland is just barely slipping them, it could look like they're landing to you. And I think that's largely what we got here. You know, every time Cannoneer kind of blitzed in and Strickland was just out of range or he was, you know, deflecting with his gloves, a lot of those strikes probably looked like they were landing. Then he was pretty bloodied up by the end of the fight. So optics are never good there. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get into the prelims. Uh, it didn't seem to matter in, in that decision uh, earlier in the night, which if you didn't watch the prelims, I'll talk about the fight that caused the blood-soaked mat that you saw uh, by the time the main event came around. But, you know, it's hard. Judging is hard. There's a lot of criteria. There's a lot of things going on. And I, I've talked about this. Many times when, when I've had to judge fights, you know, I'm watching and I'm kind of keeping tally in my head. Like, okay, there was a takedown. Oh, there was a knockdown. Um, and then you start, you start like psyching yourself out too. Like, oh, was that knockdown in this round or was it in the round before? Um, oh, this guy kind of landed a lot, but this guy's bleeding. Um, you know, all this shit's going through your head and then, at the end, the referee is just like right there, like, come on, give me the thing. And you're trying to you're trying to add it all up and your third grade math skills are leaving you. <laughs> you're like, wait a second, what's nine plus ten? Uh <laughs> it's look, it's tough. It's a it's a stressful job. Um I I I definitely wouldn't say it was a robbery. You know, I, I could see an argument that Cannonier won the fight for sure. And I could see an argument that Strickland won the fight. Like, I scored it for him, but it's not like a hill I'm willing to die on. I'm not willing to say, like, if you don't think Sean Strickland won this fight, you don't know a fucking thing about MMA. Not even close. Um, this was a tough one. This was a really tough one to judge. I feel like this, this fight was just as tough to judge as Rose Namajunas and Carlos Barza. For very different reasons. In that fight, there was not enough strikes thrown. So you're like, no, who do I give this to? In this fight, there were so many strikes thrown. You're like, who the fuck do I give this to? So 
I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was an awesome way to close out 2022. Um, and, and look, these guys were ranked like right behind each other. I don't think they lose any stock here. Um, I wouldn't feel confident with either one of them getting in there with Alex Padilla or Israel Adesanya to tell you the truth. Um, so I don't know that the ranking's going to mean a whole heck of a lot anyway. Let's revisit this, uh, this Jack Daniels bonded. Now that I threw a little water in it. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of whiskey snobs will tell you, don't put ice in a whiskey because it does affect the taste, you know, and you, you can notice this by, you know, just putting a few drops of water in a whiskey and, and just watching what happens to it chemically. It changes the flavor profile. It, it lets it breathe. It opens it up a little bit and uh, you'll taste things that uh, you didn't taste the first time. <clears throat> Not so much the case with this, maybe like a little bit more vanilla came out of it with the water. This is something I might actually drink over ice, which I know if you listen to the show long enough, you, you're aware it's called MMA on the rocks, but I don't really drink anything on the rocks. Just MMA neat would have been a stupid name for a show. And holy shit, folks, hold the phone. Hold everything. Hold the presses. Hold the whiskey. Here he is. The birthday boy himself. All the way from New Jersey. The World Cup War Master. Jeff. The 31-year-old animal. Wilson. Jeff. How you doing, my friend? Bill, thanks for the birthday wishes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bill, I'm so sorry I'm late, man. I I had a flat tire. So is that like um is that like a sexual thing or like actual on your car? No, my my car has a flat tire. That's why I was late getting to the show. Oh, okay. I didn't know if this was like some kind of kink. No, dude, I'm not. Uh, I don't work for for Brandon. No, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not some sexual deviant, Bill. <laughs> You're not. No. Oh man. When I go to the airport, I steal my own luggage. I've got you all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I spent quite a lot of time at the airport today myself. Um, what's oh going yeah, on? Bill. Yeah. Um, hold on, hold on. Forget about me. What? What? What's Tell me about you, Bill. I need a damage report on this bathroom, Bill, because, listen, I get it. Part of the reason that, that you know, we didn't do the show for a bit was, you know, all the the fever for this year's World Cup. But, Bill, I, I know a big part of that was also, you know, you had to rip the guts out of your bathroom. Yeah, Um I mean, I went into detail last week uh, for all the people listening, and I, I've told you all about it. But, yeah, a little bit of mold turned into about a two-week affair of uh, ripping out tile and concrete and rotted wood and 
all sorts of nasty stuff, but it seems like I got it under control. I had a mold test company come back last Monday and um, they gave me the all clear, Jeff. They waved the, they waved the white flag. Um, the mold submitted it, you know, it scared the shit out of me because my daughter happened to get sick, like right when we moved back into the house. Uh, but it was just a coincidence because all the kids in her class had gotten like a little bit of flu um, and, you know, that passed. But, you know, there was a moment there where I was like, oh, shit, I just made my whole family sick um, by by ripping the walls out. Because what happens with mold is once you disturb it, you know, the spores get into the air and then it can get into the air conditioning. And, you know, it it's a very like hazmat situation. So I mm. had to cover the bathroom with plastic. I covered the air conditioning vents. I had to shut the air conditioning off. I wore coveralls and a mask and goggles. It was like COVID all over again, but worse. And it was hot as hell in there. Dude, um, that's that part you mentioned about the spores. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. That That's like the scariest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that shit will get in your lungs and and just start breeding. Jeez. Yeah, and then you got to dry the area out too, which was something I learned along the way. Um, so I got like a big-ass dehumidifier because mold basically feeds on moisture. So if you eliminate the moisture, you kind of take the food away. Mm. I've also learned there's like a hundred thousand different types of mold, Jeff. I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, Cause I told the testing lady, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm allergic to mold. Cause I had an allergy panel last year and she goes, Oh, what type? I was like, Oh, fucking mold. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the kind that's on, that shows up on bread. Isn't that the same as the kind that's in your shower? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like no not even close so you know there's uh there's some deadly kinds out there but you know got through it now gotta focus on uh getting the shower put back together and i'm gonna have a professional do that part but um you know i wasn't planning on paying out the ass to have somebody just come in and rip my bathroom apart i could do that myself yeah, dude, I didn't I didn't realize how how like serious mold was, man. Like that, I mean, you were in there with a hazmat suit. It looked like you were in there, you know. It, it looked like the beginning of Twenty Eight Days Later, the, <laughs> the way you're dressed. Um, it felt like it at the time. It was so hot in there. I think I started hallucinating and seeing zombies in there. So, dude, um, uh, Bill, I don't know if I told you this, but um. In the front of my house, but like by like where my room is, um, we had a not as bad of a situation, but water got in like under the house, so it um it rotted the the floorboards, so we had to tear that up and and uh you know put new wood in and stuff. And dude, that that was my my first concern when the dude was tearing my, my floor up. Uh, Cause I'm looking around at like the rotted wood and, and it's like, you know, different colors and stuff. And I was like, do we have a mold problem? Is that something I need to worry about? And he was like, no, you're good. It's fine. And luckily it wasn't rotted all the way to like, 
towards like the back of that room in the house. Mm-hmm. But um, we we put some new wood in, and then um, the guy had the idea to put in like to put gravel in in with the wood so that like the water wouldn't get in as much and uh-huh. to avoid uh like if if the floor were to rot again it would it would be a longer process so i was like dude i would never even think of that man but uh but bill i'm glad that the renovation went well i'm sure you saved a ton of money doing this yep. yourself oh yeah i mean they they quote one company quoted me for like $8,500 and that's like that's just a that's quote a college semester <laughs> yeah pretty much that that's like um and and it could have been like if they got in there like oh once we opened it up we found more so um you know we, we got to charge you a lot more or we could just leave it there it's up to you you know I felt like I was going to be in one of those situations so I was like I'm going to do this myself and if I feel like I'm in over my head, then I'll call somebody in, which I kind of felt like it, Jeff. I felt like tapping out a few times when I was sweating my balls off in those coveralls because I had to have the air conditioning off because I didn't want this shit getting into the HVAC. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a thing I think uh, most people deal with here in Florida because it's so humid. And then there's like mixed opinions because some people are like, ah, yeah, yeah just yeah. rip it out. And then other people look at it and they're like, you could die if you touch that. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about this. I don't feel so good. My, my skin's itching. My eyeballs hurt. <laughs> you know, I started getting like, I, I started getting a little bit of hypochondria, you know. I would feel like after I got out of there, like my skin was itching and stuff, even though I was like covered up, but. Anyway, that's all oh, in the past, Jeff. In the shower if you did that. Yeah, well, I was in the shower, and then the shower was in bags all around me. <laughs> so you have a shower downstairs, Bill. Come on. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't like shower and then go put coveralls back on, and you know, I would take breaks, and it was a whole mess. Anyway, Jeff. Um, I don't know if you heard the show last week, but I talked about the Whiskey Advocate Top 20 Whiskeys of 2022. And I gave the folks a live tasting of the number one, which happened to be Jack Daniels Bottled and Bond. And um, my honest opinion is that it should not have been the number one whiskey of anything. Is it? It's like, okay. And it's a $30 bottle. So, you know, I would recommend give gifting it to someone as like a novelty, but it's like, yeah, it's nothing special. Bill, listen, I get that it was my birthday last week, but this episode is about something bigger than me. Okay. Because, you know, next Sunday is Christmas for those of you who celebrate, um, Bill in my, in my religion, people like, they don't they say they don't celebrate Christmas. Me personally, listen, I like getting gifts. I like giving gifts. I like spending time with people. Who cares? You celebrate Christmas, yeah, whatever, dude. Um me personally, I enjoy it. All right. I enjoy the season. All right. I like seeing Christmas lights and stuff. You know, 
I hope God doesn't hate me for that, but whatever. Anyway, Bill. Um, but that goes that tie, what I just said ties into what we're talking about this week. Bill, this has to be the festivist episode. Okay? So I think we need to start with the airing of grievances. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first or me? Yes, Bill. What the hell happened last week on this card? All right. Patty Pimblett did not <laughs> win that fight. Okay. He lost at least two rounds. Maybe given the first round. Rounds two and three was all Flash Gordon, dude. This was absolute nonsense. Wait, you said one and three was Gordon? Uh, no. Well, I went back and watched that fight. Um, I felt like two and three were for Gordon. Maybe you give Patty the first round. But, uh, dude, that was horrible, man. Um, the, the judges got it completely wrong. You know they it, they don't want Patty to to lose this early in his career. But wait, but, you just uh, said Patty won the third and maybe give him the first, so that's that's a win. Oh, sorry, I meant to say Gordon got the second and third, and maybe you give the first to Patty Pimblet. Sorry, uh, but I'm a little tired. But um, but yeah, dude, that was horrible, horrible judging. Um, and like I felt like that fight. Uh, they took a little bit giving the scorecards to uh, the announcer, to Bruce Buffer. And, Bill, for some reason, I feel like when when it takes the judges a little bit of time to, like, score the fight, I feel like somebody gets screwed. Mm-hmm. And Gordon got screwed last week. He won that fight. I love the tweet from Henry Cejudo where he tweeted Sean O'Malley and he said, Sean, you should fight Patty Pimblett. That way, the judges won't know who to screw over. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, yeah, I thought that was good. Um, I, yeah, I had one and three for for um, Jared Gordon, but you know, my thing on it was the crowd reactions. Like every time Patty sneezed in there, the crowd was reacting big, and that affects the judges. Um, you know, I was saying that one of the last fights I judged, I had like there were like 15 people sitting right behind me who were the family of one fighter. And if I wasn't watching the fight, I would have thought their guy was winning mm. because they were reacting so big to every little thing. And I, I wanted to turn around and be like, you know, this guy's getting his ass whipped in there, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not, this is not close, but like, part of my brain was picking up those signals, you know, that, that external stimulus and I couldn't tune it out. So I imagine it has to be hard when you got a whole stadium of people cheering for a dude and wearing stupid blonde wigs and, and everything else. And like, you know, maybe the, the barstool sports guys are sitting right behind the judge. (laughs) And, um, but in any case, um, Grievance accepted, and um, yeah, that's it. Consider it aired. All right, all right. Numbers two and three. Now, <laughs> now, now that you brought it up, I hate Patty Pimlet's hair. It's like <laughs> I thought the mullet looked bad, but I just somehow his hair is worse. His hair is worser, if that is a word. It's it. That's um. You know, that's that Liverpool do. It's like the Beatles. What is it? Liverpudlian? Yeah, yeah, whatever. But anyway, um, Bill, I'm also tired of Molly McCann. 
okay? Just, dude, at the last press conference, at the last post-fight press conference, she she's talking about absolutely nothing while Patty Pimlet's trying to eat his Liverpool sandwich, which, honestly, Bill, I would have preferred just watching Patty Pimlet eat than listening to Molly McCann. Hmm. Well, you probably have a good opportunity to do a lot of that in the coming weeks. Yeah, dude. Um, Molly McCann, I believe she lost her last fight. Um, oh yeah, she got trucks, dude. And and she's not even. And she's she's riding on Patty Pimblett's coattails. And she, I'm just tired of Molly McCann, dude. All right. All right, Bill, I think I've aired all my grievances because, Bill, I'm not going to lie to you. I missed last night's car card. Um, I started watching it, and then I had to go do something, and it ended up taking a lot longer than I expected. And when I got home today, Bill, I fell asleep because I'm I, – uh, dude, I haven't slept in like two or three days. So today, man – it just all hit the wall. Because, Bill, when you texted me, it was like 9. So I was like, you know what? I'll go to sleep for another 15 minutes. And then it was an hour and a half later. And I was like, crap, Bill's going to kill me, man. He's going <laughs> to do, do to me what he did to his bathroom. <laughs> Jeff, Festivus is not over until you pin me. <laughs> <laughs> Bill... Um, if that's the case, um, Festivus will never be over because you're a better grappler than I am. <laughs> Festivus goes on forever. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole thing is Jerry Stiller. Um, when, when he's talking about like fighting over some toy in the story, he's like, as I rain blows down upon him. <laughs> Was such a classic oh, episode, man, dude. Oh man, dude. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Bill. Uh, I I'm not a ba- as big a fan of Seinfeld um, as you are. Uh, I prefer, you know, Cheers and Frasier. But, dude, um, that that is one of my that is probably one of my favorite episodes. That along with the uh, with the jerk store one. The jerk store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> You're their all-time bestseller. <laughs> All right, Jeff. The, oh. <laughs> no, I just like at the end when he's like, I slept with your wife. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And then they said his wife died. No, he said she had cancer. Oh, that's right. I guess I got to revisit that one. All right. Rick Allen wants to know. When are you guys going to fight Welker versus Wilson? You look like you're in the same weight class almost. Oh, man. Bill, this Rick Allen guy has never watched the show before because I weigh like 100 pounds more than you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like five weight classes above you, man. On a good day. Yeah, dude. I have to cut down to get to to heavyweight. But, Bill, I'm going to take care of it, all right? One of my New Year's resolutions is to, you know, just get off my ass for once. Well, you can start by, well, start by staying on your ass and watching this card, um, because I I enjoyed it, even though uh, this fellow Rick Allen says this card blew, and it was a terrible way to end the year. Boring main event, 
hurts the company. Um, I enjoyed this main event. I thought it was close. Uh, the judges gave it to Cannoneer. I scored one, four, and five for Strickland. Um, but Jeff, watching this fight, you could really flip a coin every round. Like it was so close. It was, you know, Strickland was staying right in the pocket, sticking the jab in Cannoneer's face. Cannoneer was closing the distance, landing big shots, bloodied up Strickland. So it was like, do you value volume or do you value uh, damage? Um, but then a lot of shots were missing from Cannoneer. You know, Strickland was staying right in the pocket, but like just out of range. Um, it was close, but I went into detail on this one a bunch. It was a split decision for Jared Cannoneer. Really could have gone either way. They're just going to like switch places in the rankings anyway. It doesn't make them. You're going to go from, you know, Cannoneer is going to go from four to three. Strickland will go from three to four, whatever. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, Bill, I'll be honest with you. Um, I didn't even know this card was happening, which is part of the reason I missed it. Because, like, I didn't know until, like, Friday that this card was happening. So, you know, I, I kind of already had plans for Saturday. But, dude, um, Strickland versus Cannoneer, man, that's a fight I didn't even know I wanted. Um, they're so, they're so like, evenly matched. Except, you know, Jared Cannoneer has that scary power. And he just throws everything like he, like he wants to finish you, man. Yeah, and he was. Um, I I liked this card. I would say, I would say skip like the first fight, the Sergey Morozov and Journey Newsom. I, I didn't really care for that, but the rest of this. So Armand Saryukian and Demir Ismagulov. Saryukian ragdolled this dude. Like he just it, he struggled to get the takedown in the beginning of the first round, but then like. Once he got one, he got two and four and seven and 15 and how 57 takedowns. I don't know how many it was, but he just kept dragging this dude down and beating the fuck out of him. And here's a guy who I want to say was undefeated or he had like one loss going into this and he had like. Okay, so he hadn't lost since 2015. Wow. Yeah, he was on like a 19 fight winning streak. Um, and Saryukian was only a slight favorite, but this dude is a problem, man. I don't know if you remember his fight with Islam Mahashev. Um, like he gave him the toughest fight that he's had and he wants that one back. You know, Saryukian's wow. a beast. Um, but yeah, he just, he just threw Ismagulov around post to post. Um, it, it was like not even fair. It, it was like, you know, a tennis player walking into a wrestling room and wow. saying, like, bet you can't take me down. <laughs> <laughs> dude, yeah, Saryukin's a tough dude, man. I feel like um, when I saw his name on the card, I was very excited because I haven't seen him fight in a while. But, um, yeah, he's a problem in this lightweight division, man. And I'd love to see him run it back with, uh, with Islam, dude. Uh, because I remember that fight being pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Amir Albazi, uh, knockout over Alessandro Costa. Uh, this fight was pretty one-sided as well. Um, you know, it was Albazi just kind of stalking the whole time, and then he wound up getting the finish in the third round. Alex Caceres, man, highlight real head kick knockout over Julian Arosa, who I'm a fan of. Julian, um, buddy of our friend Billy Quarantello, 
Uh, they were on the same season, the Ultimate Fighter. I want to say it was season 22. But this was just a beautiful knockout, Jeff. So Caceres intentionally missed with a left hand and made Julian slip it. And as he slipped it, he followed the left hand with a left high kick. Oh, And it it just hit so clean. Um, and poor Julian Arosa was just flopping around on the ground you know, like a tuna that got, just got dragged onto a fishing boat. Um, it was pretty brutal. Oh man, that sounds like the uh, like the Edwards knockout of Usman, dude. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty much like that. And but this one came like pretty early on in the fight. It was a good fight up to that point too. Nice. Um, Drew Dober and Bobby Green, everything you would hope it would be. Um. Bobby Green wasn't really letting Drew Dober get close for most of the fight. You know, he's keeping him at distance with his hand down, like flicking that jab up, bloody Drew Dober up. But, um, you know, Drew Dober's got a fucking granite chin, man. This dude, like, for as handsome as he is, he can take a fucking beating, too. Um, just kept coming forward, um, and then eventually put so much pressure on Bobby green. He was able to get inside and put him down with a nasty hook. Um, and, and put Bobby green out cold. I've never seen anything like it. And, um, you know, Keith Peterson jumped in right away because otherwise, uh, Dober would have put him in a coma, I think. Uh, but this was an awesome fight. Like pretty much it, it lived up to exactly what you would expect it to be. Nice. And it was a fun fight because Bobby Green was like talking shit the whole time. Would and you expect Drew... anything less? I love no, it. No, <laughs> no. And it, and Drew Dober loved it too. At the nice. end, he was like, you know, I wish more people were like Bobby Green. He's like, nobody wants to take fights with me. And he's like, and this guy is not only in here, but he's like talking shit to me as he's punching me in the face. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, you know, these guys really have a lot of respect for each other. And then he called out Jalen Turner after, which I thought was a fun fight. He was like, that dude is six foot three. I want those problems. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah. I thought it was a great call out, especially because nobody's calling that kid out. Yeah. You know, especially since like he changed up his training or whatever it is he's doing. And he's just killing dudes in there. Um, Michael Olazanchik just clobbered Cody Brundage. First round knockout three minutes in. Um. Good night. Call your mother. Dang, dude. Um. Wow, Bill. What do you do with Cody Brundage here, man? Because he's hot and cold. Uh I'm. I, I mean, Olajanchik's a, a tough night out for anybody. But yeah, he's got you know he's got a knockout over Treshawn Gore in his last fight. Win over Dacha Lukiambula. Um yeah, he really is he really is super hot and cold, but you know, he's still young, twenty-eight years old at at middleweight. Um, and he's still young in his career. He's only got eleven fights as a pro, so Bill, before we go on, you mentioned Oh, look at this, look at this here. Not to cut you off, Jeff, but he's had, he has a fight out over Brian Battle as an amateur. Oh, wow. Who, who also fought on this card. Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, 
No, that that's an interesting fact, dude. Um, because Brian Battle, uh, uh, dude, I was watching like the beginning of his fight when I had to leave, but um, that's a tough, that's a pretty tough dude as well. Um, but uh, Bill, you mentioned Billy Q before, man, and I didn't get a chance to say this, but dude, how great was that fight last week against Alex Hernandez, man? Um, you know, Hernandez, you know, empties out the tank in the first round and then I saw him breathing heavy and I'm like, dude, Billy Q, he's going to just keep fighting, dude. He has cardio for days, man. And, um, Bill, those uppercuts in that second round were so sweet. And when mm-hmm. he like palmed Hernandez head and then elbowed him right after I was like, Oh dude, it was beautiful, man. It was awesome. And it, it, it could have been one of the worst cuts dude, of the year. So bad. If it wasn't for this card, <laughs> and I'll 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 get to that in a bit, Jeff. There's something on your end that keeps like clicking. It's oh, that's my bit. that's my mic when I move. Sorry. Oh, all right. Um, let's see. Corey McKenna just dominated Cheyenne Vlismas, uh, formerly Cheyenne Bays. Um, this she just you know took her down and smothered her the whole time. Um, kind of surprising when Matthew Semlisberger with the unanimous decision over Jake Matthews. I I wouldn't have saw that one coming. Um, yeah, wow. I wouldn't have predicted it, but, um, you know, pretty good fight. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov submitted Saeed Yakub Kakranomov, uh, with a, with a choke in the second round. Uh, and this is the fight, Jeff. This is the one you got to watch. This is the fight of the night. Rafa Garcia and Mahashate Hayaser, who, Hayaser missed weight by a lot. And when you saw these two in there, it looked like it, it looked like uh I, I don't know, it looked like Daniel Cormier against like fucking Stefan Struve. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like it, it looked like such a mismatch. But Garcia, um, he took some punishment in the first round and he got cut on his temple and it was one of the worst cuts I've ever seen. Like the blood was spraying out. The mat was completely soaked. Now I had to go back and watch this fight after. So I started watching at the drew Dober, Bobby green fight. And the first thing I noticed was like, Holy shit, there's so much blood on the mat. Like, I wonder if that was from one fight. So, lo and behold, it was Hafa Garcia's blood. They said he lost something like 20% of the blood in his body. Dude. And it and it took like two hours for them to get the cut closed because it was Holy so deep. It was crap. like, I guess, right on his temple. And I think he got cut with an elbow. And it was just spraying. It was like a horror movie. But... He comes back and beats the shit out of this dude who looked like two weight classes bigger than him. He closed the distance. He took him down, beating the fuck out of him, dripping his blood all over him. It reminded me of Fight Club where Brad Pitt is like, you don't know where I've been, Lou. (laughs) 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 But it was great. Um, Definitely go back and watch this one. Uh, Renat Fakredinov. This dude is a fucking problem, Jeff. No welterweight out there um, wants to get a contract with this dude's name on it. 
I can't even say it properly. And I don't want to say it again because I'm afraid he's going to like appear <laughs> like the candy man <laughs> in my bathroom. This dude just battered Brian battle. Like just beat the fuck out of him for 15 minutes like smothered him, took him down, stuffed every submission attempt. Brian Battle was throwing up, um, just clobbered him. Like nobody's going to want to fight this dude. I guarantee it. They're going to have a hard time booking fights for this guy. Mark my words. Um, yeah. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I caught a piece of this one before I had to head out last night. But, Bill, this dude, his nickname's The Gladiator, apparently, which I see why, man. Um he put Brian Battle on his back and never at least I think I saw the whole first round and like maybe started the second round. But Bill, when he put Brian Battle on his back, man, it, it was looking bad. I mean, Brian Battle, don't get me wrong, he's got great jujitsu, but dude, he did not have any answers for, for this guy's grappling, this gladiator fellow. Mm -hmm. And and here's a dude who like you know it's a grappling heavy division. But I, after watching him against Brian Battle, I'm already like, let me see this dude and Sean Brady. Mm. You know, like, let me see this dude and Colby Covington. Like, it, it, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see, like, his grappling is super dominant. Um, and then here's another fight you got to watch, Jeff, just, just for, the awe factor of how tough David Vorak is because he died six times in this fight against Manel cop. Um, he, cop had him in a deep Kimura at the end of the second round. Yes. And I, I, I thought his arm was going to pop off like, like an action figure, like, you know, the old Hasbro wrestling action figures when you could just like pop their arm off. Um, I thought that's what was going to happen to Dvorak. And then he got knocked out 16 times in the third round. And Keith Peterson was like, no, keep going. He'll come back to life. Dude. <laughs> um, dude, I actually caught this one, man. And this dude, David uh, Dvorak is ridiculously tough, man. Cause like you said, dude, um, that Kimura was deep, man. Like his, his shoulder was like, his wrist was behind his head and I thought he was going to tap, man. I thought he was going to tap or that the arm was going to snap off. Like you said, man, that mm -hmm. the, the doctor actually came in in between the, in between those rounds and, mm -hmm. and checked his arm out and made him like, you know, raise his hands and put his arms out in front of him. Dude. Um, Manel Cape beat the snot out of this guy, man. And I was just like, whole, I, I, I was like, how is this guy still standing, dude? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. He, uh, the ref, the doctor came in like, uh, Jack Nicholson and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Put your hand in the air, chief. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to watch the ball game? <laughs> I don't know if you get that reference, Jeff. You ever see that movie? Nope. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. The, the book is excellent. Uh, and the movie, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, he's basically has to do time in a mental institution, but he's, you know, he's just like a sly dude, like just trying to get out of prison time or something. But uh, he ends up like rallying all the mental patients. 
Danny DeVito's in it, Christopher Lloyd. It's got like a great cast. Um, but anyway, there's a there's one character who is they call him the chief because he was a Native American fellow. Um, this this book was written a long time ago, mind you. But um, he was mute. He couldn't speak. So, but Jack, he, he wound up liking Jack Nicholson. And then mm. it, it was a whole, you got to see it. Magical movie. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, so that was that, Jeff. Last car of the year. Um, so you got a good three or four weeks uh, with no fights to watch and no World Cup to watch. So you might as well go back and watch a lot of this. Uh, but definitely the main event. I'd be interested to know how you score it. Definitely the Alex Caceres knockout. Definitely Drew Dober, Bobby Green. Definitely the Ola Janchik knockout. Definitely the Hafa Garcia Mahashate. If you only watch one fight, Jeff, watch that one because that was insane. And then the Renat Fakredinov. Um, just domination over Brian Battle. I know you already saw the Manel Cop, but um, a lot of great fights on this card. I guess um, it's going to be a hard time this year, Jeff, if we do our award show, like picking the card of the year. Um, I mean, that last pay-per-view, maybe recency effect, but that's up there for me. Um, Dude, I think there was only one decision that on that card up until, um, except for the main event and the co-main event, I think every fight before that was a decision because I remember I remember texting you that uh, I forgot what you said to me, but I was like, dude. Oh, you mean a finish? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Every other card was a, every other fight was a finish um, up until that point, because I remember you texted me after the Billy Q fight and I was just like, dude, they're and then later on during the night, I texted you and I was just like, dude, I don't think there have been any, any decisions up until this point. Yeah. And, and then Patty Pimblett ruined it, Bill. Yeah. Um what was the pay-per-view that Frivola was on? That one was great. Also. That, that yeah, that was the that was uh, an MSG one, right? Yeah, was that Adesanya and Alex Perea? That yes. might be the best card of the year. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm I, like for me it's a toss up between those two. Um well, we got time to figure that out. Yeah. Um yeah, dude, because I remember I wanted to go to that one to see specifically to watch Matt Frivola. You know, not that he's ever met me or anything, but um, but uh, I specifically didn't want to because at, at Adesanya's last pay-per-view, he came out with like those French nails on with the Undertaker entrance. I was like, there's no way the Undertaker approved this. Oh, speaking of which, um, Dvorak's nickname is the Undertaker. Because he actually used to be an Undertaker. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I, I remember the announcers talking about that. I was like, um, and this dude's got like a degree in engineering or something. I was like, all right, this guy's awesome. I mean, he, he got the snot kicked out of him, but he sounds like a cool dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, I don't know if we're going to do like a comeback of the year. I would love to give it, give it to uh, Billy Q. Uh, cause that was incredible, but then you got, uh, Usman oh, yes. and Leon Edwards. I mean, that's, yes. that was a comeback and a half. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll probably give it to Billy because 
that's my boy and this is my show and I do what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've had such a great year of fights and we've, we've lost a lot of great fighters this year. A lot of retirements, you know, Joanna and cowboy and Frankie Edgar. And yeah. like the, the list goes on of like great TJ Dillashaw. Um, you know how many awesome fighters retired this year yeah man and sadly we we lost rumble johnson um i mm -hmm. i wanted to say something about that bill because uh i missed that episode but i remember uh you talking about him when i listened back to it and bill man rumble was just a great guy and in the octagon he was a scary dude man Bill, i don't know how many people know this but when you and i first um you know, when we first started hanging out, uh, you know, part of it was was our fascination with the UFC. And we were actually we weren't there together. You you went with Claudia and I went with uh, with a couple of guys from the gym. But we were both at the Rumble versus um, uh, versus Ryan Bader card. Mm -hmm. um, and Bill, I remember being so disappointed at the main event because Rumble comes out and smashes Ryan Bader in like under a minute. And yeah. I was just like, I looked around. I was like, I guess we just go home. Yeah. Um, but dude, that that is that for me, that 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 whole card was uh, was amazing just because I, I got to be there live. I think that was my first UFC event. Um, and, you know, the rest is rock and roll history. But dude, um, I wanted to say it was 40 something seconds, but I just looked it up. It was a minute 26. It felt like it was 44 seconds. <laughs> um, let's, let's call it 44 seconds, but dude, it was, uh, yeah, man. So, you know, it, it's crazy how much you don't know about what somebody's going through, you know? Mm. Um, but you know, condolences to, to rumbles family. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, it's it's been a wild it's it's been a roller coaster of a year, man. Yeah, that it has a lot of uh, a lot of ups and downs. But, you know, we'll make it through just like we do every time, Jeff. Amen and to that, brother. I don't know if you realize, Jeff, this is the 300th episode right now. Holy crap, it is. That's why I couldn't miss this one. I was like, dude, I, I missed last <laughs> week. Even though I, I got the flat tire, you I got to. You fucking carried your car home like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> oh, man. 300 episodes. You have to have been on 203 of them. Yeah, 203 is probably a good guess. Yeah, I figure I've missed about 97 episodes. For, for one reason or another. You have a tally on your wall. Like every time you just carve another line, like a prison sentence. <laughs> Is there anyone out there who has listened to all 300 episodes? I would be highly impressed. I haven't even listened to all 300 episodes. <laughs> oh, man. Bill, I'm sure that there's somebody out there who, like... um listens to our show and then they go when they go to work they listen to the show at work and then they probably quit their job so that they could transcribe the whole show in case we ever lose an episode like like that one episode of Frasier 
where he loses his like like 900th episode Uh because he has everything on cassette and then he finds this one weirdo who like is just obsessed with the show and has like everything transcribed every episode recorded on tape like he quit his job just so he could listen to Frasier oh man but I don't want that to happen but I think it would be pretty cool if we had a fan like that somewhere out there yeah it would be like borderline scary though like I start getting mail from this guy then he knows where I live and you know it would be a whole thing Um, yeah but I think I don't think Jeff there's anywhere on the internet that the first two episodes exist because for whatever reason, I don't know if it was when I ch- changed from SoundCloud to um, now I use Anchor to post the audio. And we didn't do YouTube for like the first, I don't know, 90 episodes or so. Yeah. Um, but something happened in that transition. So the the first two or three episodes um, are nowhere to be found on the Internet. I, I have the audio files somewhere. Um but I don't think I would repost it at this point in time. Now that I know that people actually listen to this, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I want that out there in the universe. Yeah, dude, that first episode was rough, man. Like we 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 got obliterated before that, man. <laughs> dude, I think I needed like ten glasses of water before I left your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. We didn't pace ourselves well. No, we were drinking. Um, we were drinking that Hudson bourbon, right? Yeah, and then we were drink we were drinking that, and we were chasing it down with a, a water hippo or river river hippo. river horse river horse. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was that, something. The beer with the hippopotamus on it. I don't think yeah. I've had that since. Yeah, dude, and and actually, for for those of you who don't know, um, hippopotamus. In if you break it down in Greek, that's actually what it means. It means river horse. So that's why the the hippo was on it. But Bill, I enjoyed that beer. I did too, but I don't really remember. I mean, we were, and that was back when I was so diligent, Jeff. I would go back and I would I would edit the audio, like yeah, top to that. bottom. Yeah, yeah now screw that dude. Now I just throw the theme music on it and call it a day. It's just yeah, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, dude. And I, you got a kid now, dude. You don't have time for anything anymore. But That's um, true. Bill, right. um, I'm loving the the new the new uh, intro to the show. It sounds so great. Oh, thanks. Um, and Bill Rick Allen says that you need to let that go. I don't know what he's referring to, but just let I- it go, Bill. He's just air that grievance. He's not talking about me. He's talking about Cannoneer wearing his gorilla hat. Oh, well. For some reason, he's mad about that. Well, he's aired his grievance, Bill. So Festivus continues because I can't pin you. I got a grievance to air. Let's do this. Um, people who complain about a particular person, let's call it Conor McGregor. Like, I can't stand Conor McGregor. I don't understand why he's still so popular. But they'll continue to say his name, you know, which is exactly what he wants. And it's like you're you're so angry about something that you're causing. Mm. You know, this is it's it's the irony that irks me, Jeff. 
And that, this is why it's a grievance for me. Like, if you don't like the guy and you want him to go away, you need to stop talking about him. You know, I, I feel the same way about people who have such hatred for Donald Trump. They're like, oh, Donald Trump did this and then did that and he won't go away. Uh, and I'm like looking around like you're the only one talking about him, like the people complaining about him, <laughs> like the rest of us have moved on, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's there's a whole world to see out there. You don't have to worry about Donald Trump and Conor McGregor. They're not going to come in your bedroom at night and and Freddy Krueger you, you know. So that that's my grievance. Like people complaining about shit that they're the cause of. Oh, and here's another grievance, Jeff. I, I texted you earlier about this. So um, every Sunday there's a farmer's market on Main Street in my town. Very nice little market. You know, there's the, there's like a French bread vendor and like, nice. yeah, um, there's a, there's a local honey company. That's actually excellent. They make a bourbon infused honey. That's really good. Ooh, and they make a hot honey. That's like the spiciest honey I've ever had in my life. Like you, you take like a little taste of it and start sweating. Wow. So, you know, nice little farmer's market. There's a meat guy. There's a, you know, a produce guy. And then um, there's a big gazebo uh, downtown in my town. I'm sure you, you've seen it before, like right, right on Main Street here. Um, great hometown vibes. And in the gazebo, they usually do like a free yoga class at the farmer's market. And then they always have a table set up with coloring books. Um, my daughter will just sit there and color for like an hour uh, nice. while, my, while my wife walks around the different vendors and stuff. Um, so today they had Santa Claus in the gazebo and he's there in like a big velvet chair and you know you just walk up and say hello and take a picture so we brought ariana and um she went right up to him which is this is the first year she's ever done that and um you know she told him what she wants for christmas uh which was nice because we got a few last minute ideas uh <laughs> that, that we weren't aware of she's like she asked for she said i want i want barbie accessories and blocks like i don't know what are, are kids still asking for blocks these days like i Who feel cares? like bill it's doable i know i feel <laughs> like my daughter's got an old soul um <clears throat> so anyway nice nice santa he did a he did a nice job you know and this is the the local safety harbor santa he actually drives around town um in the fire truck once a year and they they give you the map of where he's going to go. So you can go outside your house and wave to Santa in the fire truck. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love this town. Such awesome, like small town, like Americana vibes, you know? So after we say hi to Santa, we go over to the coloring tables and, um, she picks out a coloring book and I'm sitting there and, uh, Santa's there on his phone, you know, He's got a list to check twice. He probably has it in his Google Docs, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and up walks this lady with a baby carriage. She walks right up to Santa. And she reaches into the baby carriage. And she pulls out this giant-ass cat. And this cat is just hanging there. Like, she's holding it up like Simba in The Lion King. 
and she goes to just put it on Santa's lap. And he was like, ho, 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 no. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't hold animals. And, uh, you know, I, I don't blame him. Like, he's probably allergic or like it's going to ruin his nice velvet Santa suit yeah, or dude. whatever his reason. And she's like, oh, you don't hold animals. And she said it like extra loud. So I'm thinking she's going to make a scene. It sounds like it, yeah. So I get my phone out. I'm ready to record this shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crazy cat lady assaults Santa. Like, here it comes. I could see it all now. I'm going to go viral. I'm starting a TikTok just for this. <laughs> just to put this out into the universe. Um, but she proceeds to just put the cat in the stroller and then park it next to Santa. And then she starts talking to the cat like it's a child. And she's like, you're here with Santa. Uh, I forget what the cat's name was. Let's call it Miffy. You're here with Santa, Miffy. Head up. Head up. Look. And she's like trying to take a picture. And of course, the cat's not looking at her because it's a cat. <laughs> like cats, cats do whatever they want. So she's like. I want to say for a good minute, but I'm probably exaggerating, like trying to get the cat's attention. And poor Santa's sitting there like. And he can't say, like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? Because he's Santa and there's kids around. Yeah. So, like, I really felt for him in that moment. But. um, I got to air a grievance about that, Jeff. Like, you shouldn't be bringing your cat for a picture with Santa and definitely don't just try and put a cat on somebody without asking permission. Bill grievance accepted. Um, Cause like, even with the kids, like you never know, like since COVID, like what the protocol is anymore. Like, are we doing the lap or not? It's up to Santa. You know, it's at Santa's discretion. You know, you say, Oh, come over here. little boy or little girl here, come up here and tell me what you want. Or come over here and stand next to me. Right. You know, you got to let Santa dictate these things. You don't just go throwing your fucking mangy <laughs> feline in, in somebody's lap trying Bill. to take a picture. Bill, I feel so bad for this woman, man. I mean, she's probably too old to have children. No man would ever want her anyway. She has a child, Jeff. No, she doesn't. No, no. Nine lives. No, no. No, Bill, women who treat animals as children are lonely and they're mentally unstable, right? She definitely has one of those bumper stickers that says, I don't know who rescued who with like a little cat paw. Oh, God. <laughs> Bill, you see what – Bill, I blame feminism for this, all right? <laughs> You're a strong, independent woman. Hey, that's great. But leave me alone, Bill. I was trying to be nice and and helping out this girl from my church because her um her lights over her license plate are out. Uh-huh. So we got pulled over for that cuz I was driving her car. Um so we got pulled over for that. She was not in the car, but I went when when I gave her car back, I was like, "Listen, you know, you got to get that taken care of. If you want, I can help you out with that. Uh, you know, I just need a screwdriver and to go to AutoZone to pick out the bulbs." Yeah. 
but Bill, this chick, her head is so far up her ass that because she she's a feminist, she's told me this before. And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Why am I being nice to this chick? I have nothing to gain from it. I don't want to be her friend. And, um, dude, I was just like, you know what? She's a strong, independent woman. And, and, and this is a good-looking girl. So I was like, you know what? Some simp at AutoZone is going to be happy to take care of this, thinking, <laughs> thinking that maybe they're going to get a date out of this. I have no reason to help this person. She's she's a strong independent woman. She's she says she has said that to me multiple times. So I was like, you know what? Just go to AutoZone. They'll take care of you. I'm not going to waste my time with this. Bill. She has been canceled. Crazy cat lady. We're canceling her live on the show. She has been canceled. Yeah. I mean, I shudder. I shudder to think how much mold is in her house. That's like affected her brain in that way. Yeah, dude, it but didn't go into her lungs, dude. It went. We might get canceled now too, Jeff. Now that you've uh, now that you brought feminism into this, Bill. You know what? I'll take I'll take the hit. Bill, will, you, will you this get... be the end of MMA on the rocks? Will they get canceled over these anti-feminist rants? Bill, listen, I'm sick and tired of it, man. I'm listen as a single dude. I'm sick and tired of the dating scene. What this is my last grievance, Bill, is that <laughs> women here. Listen, the modern woman wants a traditional man, but she does not want to be a traditional woman. Mm. All right, I see so where you're going. That's my whole thing, dude. So, like, there's this generation of women who are they're strong, independent. So I was like, hey, that's great, but. When you're trying to get a case of water out of your car, don't don't ask me. Don't mm -hmm. ask me for help. So this same, so like a friend from a, a female friend was asking me to help her with a case of water. Mm -hmm. I was just like, dude, you're a strong, independent woman, so you should be able to lift 25 pounds easy. Yeah, this is. I have a running joke with my wife where, like, every time she asks me to do something that's very, you know, labor intensive, or even if it's like opening up a jar of something. I'm like, all right, but you're setting that feminism movement back about 60 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we Damn. have a good laugh about it, and I put her back in her cage. Nice. As it should be. <laughs> As it should be. Uh, Bill, but listen, listen, man, all joking aside, Claudia's awesome, dude. And she's a keeper. All right. Listen, dating sucks nowadays, Bill. Yeah, I'm going to keep her in a cage. <laughs> just like I said. <laughs> All right, just, you know, just feed her three times a day and leave like a bowl of water somewhere. No, 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 no. She's into intermittent fasting. Oh, perfect. You you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One meal a day. She's good. Oh, man, Bill, we're absolutely getting canceled. Yeah, but the good thing is, like, nobody's listening at this point. Um, yeah. this will resurface like when I try to run for office. Yeah, or when I look for a job. But I'm just going to start painting houses. Look, the only reason I would ever run for public office, and I'm going to say this publicly now, is just so some bitter asshole has to go back and listen to 300 plus <laughs> episodes of Man on the Rock 
<laughs> to try <laughs> to find something to use against you. <laughs> like, ah, oh, after 300 episodes, I got it. He's against feminism. We're going to ruin him now. And then I'll be like, I never wanted this position anyway. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the clicks and views. <laughs> oh, man. But, Bill, think about it. If that were to happen, we'd have this launch pad for, for you know, anti-feminists that's when we really <laughs> that's when the show will really take off i mean i i would be i would be surprised if there was more than three women who listen to this show no i'd be surprised if there were more than like two women who listen to this show i think it's just your mom and claudia no claudia doesn't listen to the show what about lisa that I don't know. My sister is a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Um, I know and she's cool. See, see, your sister's feminism done right though. She will, she will either like not listen and not say anything, or listen to everything and not say anything until it comes to a point where like she needs to say something, and and I'll be like, holy shit, you've been listening this whole time. Bill, this might be that day. Yeah, and she'll be like, fuck you. And then I'll be the end of it. Yeah. But, Bill, your sister's cool, dude. See, that's <laughs> feminism done right. Yeah, I mean, uh, she gave birth on her bathroom floor, so she's she's the toughest chick I know officially. Dude, that, that's good. I, was, I texted Dave when that happened. I was like, dude, you're going to have to tell this story every Festivus, man. <laughs> Festivus is not over until we hear the bathroom birth story. Dude, I'm thinking, you know, I said at the beginning of the show that, well, okay, like middle of the show, but um, that some of the people at my church don't celebrate Christmas. I'm th maybe I should turn them on to Festivus, Bill. Mm. Yeah. Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. We have, um, you know our employees are are uh, Jehovah Witnesses and they're super religious, but obviously they don't celebrate anything. They don't do birthdays, Christmas, or Easter or any of that. Um, kind of envy of envious of it sometimes because shit's a lot of work. Like like I was saying earlier, I don't know if this was when you were here or not, Jeff, but like right after the Christmas, I'm going to Atlanta for this trade show, and then right when we get back we're doing ariana's birthday party it's like man there's so much shit to celebrate it's exhausting yeah dude ariana's birthday is the fourth the 12th why was i thinking the fourth whose birthday is the fourth of january yeah maybe it's one of my other friends well That's i can tell you my friend matt gottlieb's birthday is january 4th who uh Where? is the founder and uh creator of Gott's Kitchen uh spice rubs uh which oh I, okay I, I thoroughly endorse um and I actually use them tonight I use his smoked coffee rub uh to make some elk jerky Jeff Ooh, nice yeah I made I made two pounds of elk jerky um using those uh that's that smoked coffee rub and it came out really good um but yeah, Ariana's gonna be five on January twelfth. We're gonna be in Atlanta. 
And then when we come back, we're having her party with all her friends. She's having a Barbie party, and Barbie's coming to the party, Jeff. Or are you just going to put a blonde wig on Claudia? No, I'm going to wear the wig, Jeff. Fair enough. It's 2000. It'll be 2023 at that point. I could be Barbie if I want to. You know what, Bill? You're absolutely right. If I want to identify as Barbie, that's my prerogative. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I cannot stop you. <laughs> and but then Bill... Claudia will be chasing me around saying, Bill, give Barbie back her wig. <laughs> you're drunk <laughs> oh man but yeah bill i'm thinking listen this whole job situation isn't working out so i'm i'm either gonna become i'm i think i'm, I'm thinking of painting houses bill and just becoming a men's rights activist if that's a thing you're gonna be like norm from uh cheers yeah i like do interior it. design a men's rights activist let me know how that works out doesn't sound like it pays very well it it sounds like it's gonna be a complete shit show. Yeah, I I can tell you, men have no rights um, in this house. Anyway, I'm a Bill. Second, don't say that too loud. I'm a second class citizen. It doesn't matter. Everyone's been asleep since like seven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this way, earlier Claudia was saying because I I watched um. I don't know if you saw the show Wednesday on Netflix, Jeff. Is that the uh, the girl from uh, the Adams family? Yeah. So Wednesday Adams from the Adams family. They did a spinoff series, and it's kind of like a it's like a Harry Potter type, uh, you know, horror series. I it was good. I enjoyed it, but I was a big fan of the Adams family movies uh, growing up, and even the old black and white TV show. Um, but, you know, I watched it. I watched the first episode. It was really good. And I told Claudia about it. And she was like, oh, I want to watch it with you. But, you know, so I rewatched the first episode with her. And she falls asleep 20 minutes in. But, and, but uh, you and I both knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yes, of course. So she says we were out to lunch with her parents today. And she says, oh, Bill always watches all these movies without me. <laughs> I'm like... You go to bed when it's still light outside. <laughs> like when, when are we supposed to watch the movies? Like I, I've watched more movies with Ariana, especially if she was homesick. I think I watched Home Alone one and two, uh, fifteen times each. Bill, that sounds like the perfect day. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, I mean, it's awesome how into it she is, and it, and it, it's funny because she, it gets to the part of the of the pranks as she calls it with um joe pesci and daniel stern and and she'll be like cracking up and she'll be like daddy why aren't you laughing and i'm like <laughs> this is the third time we watch this today and i've seen this movie every year for 30 years <laughs> yeah. but instead of saying that i just you know fake laugh with her but it's so awesome to see her like enjoying these movies that I grew up on uh, and loving it. And she, she quotes the movies all the time. Like I had to, I had to actually reprimand her the other day because did she call you a filthy animal? No, but we were at the playground and some of her friends were there from her class and she's chasing them over. She's taking them around. They're playing tag or something. And she's like, you better get over here or I'm going to slap you silly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, obviously from Home Alone two when Macaulay Culkin walks in on his uncle in the shower and he records him saying that to use later in the movie. Um, so I had to pull her aside and say, like, listen, honey, I know that's funny in the movie when we're watching it at home, but uh, you can't say that to your friends because. They didn't see that movie, and I'm sure their parents don't approve of me showing you that movie. Um, you know, of course, I had to put this in four-year-old speak, but um, I don't honestly give a shit anyway, Jeff. Like, I, I know my kid is a reflection of me, but um, I, I have to say I was pretty proud in that moment that she she takes these things that are, like, inappropriate, but she uses them in the right context, so I'm good with it. Oh man, dude, that's awesome. Uh and Bill, I think I think that's one of the enjoyable things of parenting is when, you know, you find some common ground and you know the stuff that you liked growing up now she's liking while she's growing up. Sure. And Bill, listen, she's old enough to watch the movie, man. She's gonna be five. She should she should be starting a business at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the like more subtle things she doesn't get yet, but her favorite movie from Home Alone I mean her favorite line from Home Alone One is when Marv and Harry are each like going through their individual hells and they yeah. meet back up in the house and they're like, Marv, Harry, why the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the <laughs> hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> like she just walks around the house saying that all the time. So we just to like look at you and be like, why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> oh man. And it's priceless. Um, it's definitely a fun age. Four was a fun age. Um, I'm looking forward to five. Um, and yeah, I, I'm also exhausted, but like in a good way, like it's been very rewarding and fulfilling year. Um, a lot of great MMA, a lot of stuff to reflect on. I guess, um, obviously next Sunday is Christmas day. I don't think we'll be doing a show that day, but you know, who knows? Uh, but you know, we'll get one more in uh, before the end of the year. I mean, Bill, if you have some time, we could do it on Monday because you know, the British have boxing day. So we could do a show that day if you got some time, but uh, yeah, Christmas is looking like uh it's looking like a, like a packed day, Bill mm -hmm. packed with food and more food. And then when I got tired of that, probably just eat <laughs> <laughs> all right let's call it there um if you guys want to get some mma on the rocks merchandise uh it's definitely not going to come in time for christmas but you know treat yourself to something nice and over the top under the influence t-shirt tank top or hoodie through our friends at team reaper reaper1.co is the website uh, you can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order, uh, whether you buy our merchandise or not. If you see something else on there you like um, that you want to uh, arrive sometime in 2023, uh, go for it. Save yourself some money. Um, <clears throat> that's it, Jeff. Anything else you want to get off your chest? That, that's it for me. Just happy Festivus to everybody. Um, Merry Christmas if we don't have a – if we don't have a – you know, a holiday special and uh, Merry New Year. Sure. 
yeah, happy Festivus, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. I know Hanukkah's done and over with, but I hope it was enjoyable for everybody. Whatever else you celebrate, I hope it was enjoyable. I hope you're all doing well out there. As always, thanks for all the comments, all the shares, all the feedback, all the criticism. We love it all. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.